Wanna go, pretty boy? Two minutes by yourself and you feel shame, you know, and then you get free. Anything better than a glass of beer is tea with Miss McGill. <laughs> <laughs> and welcome to the fourth line voice podcast my name is darren thank you very much for tuning in episode 95 of the big show the easter edition of some enforcer based podcasting coming at you brought to you by the hockey podcast network how's everybody doing out there everybody's having a happy and health and safe easter and uh look at that i'm working the stat here for you folks no time off in this in this gig I'm telling you, the Hockey Podcast Network, man, management, they're grinders. And, uh, you know, I'm just I'm just hoping to get some time off in June, but we'll see. I don't know. I'm trying. But I'm here for you people. Even through the stat holidays, I'm here for you. So whether you're listening to me on Easter Sunday or on the, on the drive to work on Monday or in your cubicle eat, sitting there eating your cheese sandwich with your headphones on, trying to avoid Martha, you don't want to hear about the the boil on her cat. Well, I've got about, I'll, I have a half an hour, 45 minutes of some audio pleasure for you. Close your eyes and you can watch the sounds and the pictures as they fly through the air here on imaginary radio. And let's get to it. What are we going to talk about today? Well, wow, we got Connor McDavid and Wilson gooning it up and McKinnon throwing helmets and Dubinsky firing up the rubes on social media and and then uh, there's a few questions from the Facebook groups. Was Don Cherry really an enforcer when he played? And uh, and another one will answer the age-old question. Are Bob Probert fans delusional? I don't know. We'll find out. Discuss all this and more on the big show. So let's go, folks. Let's get into it. Um, well, first of all, I'm a member of the Hockey Podcast Network. 55 shows in the network. Um, every NHL team is represented. So whatever team you're a fan of, there's a show for you. And uh, those folks throw out episodes every week discussing the, the goings-on and the happenings and the and the what happened and what's going to happen and all that stuff. So check that out. Uh, myself, Terry Ryan, Brad Lieb, um, we're on the original content side. Um, I know Terry just had Matt Barnaby on. I haven't had a chance to listen to that. I know the episode before that, he had Paul Bissonette on, which was a very good episode. Um, look at NHL Rolodex, eh, folks? Look at that. Barnaby and Bissonette. And, hold on, let me look through mine. Oh, I had some mud show out in Lando Lake and uh, some Jay in Iowa. Jesus, no wonder I've, my ratings are dipping. Holy, look at that. Look, look who I get to call on. Yeah, when I set the bat signal up, who phones? Oh, it's not the who's who, it's the who's that. Oh, crazy times. Hey, have you guys given to the the GoFundMe? Well, of course, last episode I had Steve on from WhenProvertWithKing.com and he has started up the GoFundMe to re, relaunch a Drop Your Gloves style website, uh, bigger and better. And uh, we talk all about it in that episode and I've attached the link. 
you're anywhere around social media, you have probably seen it. Myself, Joe Lazito, Steve, uh, Alec, everyone's throwing it out there. Um, so please give. I know we're sort of been stuck at around $2,500, $2,600 here for the last few days. So I'd really like to get that going. Curtis Gabriel gave $150. I'd like to see some other players in there. That'd be nice. I know you guys all went to the site. You told me you did. So I don't know. It'd be nice for you guys listening if you if you jump back in there and and uh, throw a few bucks. I know it's hard times for everybody, and uh, you know, and and hey, if if it's ten bucks, fifteen bucks, twenty bucks, it all helps. And uh, we got a long ways to go, and hopefully, uh, we can help Steve reach his goal. Um, yeah, guys, I think that I think it'd be really cool. I I know I know. Hey, everyone out there has spent hours and hours on the old site, so. Um, to get that back again, I think would be really cool. And, uh, yeah, so hopefully we can, uh, we can, we can, we can get there. But, um, yeah. Other than that, for my off network friends, of course, Joe Lazito over at the Coliseum Chronicles. He is an Islander enforcer podcast. Um, over the last little while, he's had great guests Mick Fakota, Aaron Asham, Jason Strudwig. Um, right now we're in the middle of the Trevor Gillies Marathon. It's, uh, Four volumes right now, and uh, real in-depth look. Uh, well, in-depth is an understatement. Um, but no, it's been a great interview. Trevor's talked about lots of teammates, um, opponents, his thought process of the fights, uh, how he approached them, um, breaking down his his science of fighting, and uh, which for a fight nerd like myself is really cool to listen to. Um, and yeah, no, it's just been a really good interview. And him and Joe have been friends for years, so it's a, it's a real, you know, you can the personal connections there. So, um, yeah, it's outstanding. And I, and I encourage you to anybody listening to go and check that out. And, uh, yeah, it's great. I, I don't know what else to say. I, I pump it up every week, every time I do this spot and I'm talking about it. Um, yeah. And I meant it, you know, so it's, um, yeah, it's just, it's outstanding. And I, and I'm looking forward to the next volume. Um, also, I, I also that it's like the long pause. Something caught my eye out the window and I was just looking there for a sec. Um, the Obey the Puck show with Dan, Paul, and Kelly. And the Slewfoot show with Fred and Dave. Um, current hockey and they cover the NHL and the minors and, and women's hockey and all the goings on. Um, I always say I like to, you know, because I want to stay current. I want to stay hip with the kids, you know. keep my uh, Keep my finger on the pulse. So those shows help me do that. Like I say, I appreciate those shows because they keep me informed. I'm informed and I don't have to watch, and I appreciate that. So thank you guys. But um, of course, uh, oh, and then, and not like I'm just throwing this in on the side, but uh, my old friend William at the Biscuit. I was talking to him lately, and uh, some interesting goings on with him. And uh, hopefully, I'm going to get him on the show here sh- soon, and uh, we can discuss. You know, a little podcasting gossip, some business, how to do business, how to not do business. There's a few folks that don't know how to do business out there, and we'll expose their business. We'll tell you all about it. And, uh, yes, and all that. Some ex-tough guys are, like, real bitches, to be completely honest. But we'll get into all that. Well, but that's not my story to tell, that's William's story to tell, so... Hopefully we can uh, I can wrangle up, can pull them, drag them away from them. Howl at the moon, kids of his, and uh, yeah. And, oh, I'll tell you, if I have one and that big ran sneaks in on the phone, I'm hanging up. I'm telling you. P. 
people listening are like have no idea what I'm talking about. William over at the Biscuit Podcast. I've known William for a long time. Um, I've been a guest on his show several times and uh, always have fun. And uh, yes, I'd like to have him on here just to see how he's doing. I don't get to talk to him that much anymore. You know, now that he's got four kids running around and yeah, he's a busy dude. So, um, but I talked to him the other day on the phone for a while and uh, we're going to set something up. And I have a player lined up, hopefully for the interview. Um, I think that interview will be really big. You UK fans will dig it, let me tell you. Well, everybody will dig it, but the UK fans especially. Um, but yeah, let's get into this. So, um, yeah, Connor McDavid. Who would have think? Who who would have think? Take two. Who would have thought? Although, if you spend any time on social media lately, yeah, you know, you th- those that are that, that do will get it, but. Yeah, Connor McDavid was trending on Twitter for a minor penalty. Um, I can't believe the... Uh, well, I, okay. I can believe it, because it's social media, but... Oh, there was people literally yelling for McDavid to be suspended, like, multiple games for that. Nothing. Like, yeah, oh, he went up high, hit him in the head. I mean, okay. Like, every fight guys get hit harder than that. You know, it's like... But people were legitimately, like, wound up and figured that he should get, like, I saw one game, 10 games, to send a message that the league won't play favorites. And, oh, my God. Of course, he has a Montreal Canadiens avatar. Yeah, or a little profile picture. So, yeah, no shit. Because, you know, logical thinking at that point went out the window. But, uh, But what a bunch of goddamn nothing. And people are wound up about this. Like I, I, like I saw the like. Of course, it came across my f- timeline on Twitter. It's just like, oh yeah, uh, it's just you know. And the next day, I get on there. Oh, it's trending, and people are crying about it. And it's like, God. Like I, I'll say this, and I laugh because hockey fans love to go on and on about how tough hockey is, and oh, blah blah blah, whatever. There is no group of fans that are bigger crybaby bitches than hockey fans. Like, these new age fans are a bunch of fucking losers. Like, oh my god. Like, just whine and complain about everything. And the problem is, is there's such friggin' fanboy homers that there's no reasonable discussion being had. It's us and we and oh, and they and oh my god. It's like, stop saying we don't play for the team. Like, we, what, who the fuck is we, you know, like, what do you, did they send the team, send you a track suit as well? They consult you before making trades. Like what's we like you geek, you know, but, ugh. but yeah. And it's like, and then <clears throat> Wilson gets into it with the Ranger guy at the end of the game, but not even like, of course the Ranger guy smarts off as he's skating to the bench on a line change mouth and off. And Wilson gets mad and goes after him. Nothing. Yeah, I don't even think he got his hands on him. Ref break it up. Whatever. They gave Wilson a 10 or whatever they gave him for. Oh, Tom Wilson snaps. Oh, yeah, he snapped. Oh, fuck. And then they're like, oh, yeah, that's what happens. You're a crybaby bitch. And I, the thing I found amusing is that people are making fun of Tom Wilson. They're not making fun of the fucking Ranger guy. Who goes and fucking flaps his lips while he's skating away and then hides behind the ref when Wilson, he smarts off to Wilson then hides behind the ref. Oh, but he showed him because, oh, the Rangers won, so he's savage. 
like I said, that's the that's the new hockey fan. We got to come up with a, like a slogan for him. Being a bitch is cool now. I guess we could make that one maybe. Like being a soft pussy mouthpiece is like that. That's cool in hockey now. You know, when you run your mouth but don't do it, you're savage. Sweet chirps, bro. Oh, this is so pathetic. It's like, you know how pathetic you look? You're literally the guy mouthing off as you're walking away. And then when the guy can challenges you, you hide behind something. But that's cool. And some, oh, of course, all the Ranger fans. Oh, that's, that's my player. He's so badass. Yeah, Wilson's such a bitch. Oh, he's the bitch in this story? Really? Oh, God. But I love the headline, Snaps. Oh, yeah, fuck. Snaps. No. No, I've come to the conclusion, like, fucking, millennial, like, Gen Z fucking hockey fans are the biggest douchebags in the face of the earth. Like, just clowns. But you want to know why the suspensions and things go the way they go? It's because of those people. It's the vocal minority on social media that has produced the game that you're watching. But, whatever. Oh, and then McKinnon throws his helmet, and everybody acts like that was just the most egregious thing they'd ever seen. It's like, go to my YouTube channel and look up Minor League Mayhem. Yeah, McKinnon throwing his helmet. Oh, that's vicious. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that was saying he should have done it, but whatever. Give him a 10 and move on. Like, gives a shit. You know, like, I don't know. <clears throat> and it's like, um, yeah, well, I always act like, it's always funny because these guys act like it's new shit. Like, no one's ever done this before. And, oh, we just, we're setting a precedence here. Yeah, hockey culture. Oh, God, I love that one. Uh, if, if we don't do something, this is why hockey culture never changes. What we need to do something. What are you going to do sitting on your couch, you loser? Like, your hockey culture. You don't even know what hockey culture is. The people always yelling about hockey culture are the ones that have never been in a, a locker room, never stepped foot on ice, not that never been involved in a sport, but they're the ones bitching and crying about hockey culture. Oh, like don't worry, we all saw that you you, you tweeted out the hashtag. Yeah, you're trending. You're hip, man. We see it. Hockey culture, you know, and then it's like, um. I believe it was Ken Reed basically just put up the thing with, uh, you know, the Crosby hit. I don't know. Was it a hit? An elbow? I don't even know what it was, but whatever. The Crosby thing. And then, of course, some loser. The writer. Of course, the blackandgold.com pod. Yeah. No doubt that writer. Yeah. Shocking. He doesn't like violence. Um, and the tweet. Uh, oh. Yeah, see, the attitude towards this just creates more Tom Wilsons. Oh, wait, oh, what, what creates Tom Wil? like your nightmare fuels Tom Wilson. I always, these fucking losers, they sit and talk like Tom Wilson's just the boogeyman to them. The scariest person in, oh, Tom Wilson, he's so mean. Oh, God. You know, like, half of that horse shit is just like, social media created bullshit about how dirty and vicious Tom Wilson is. 
It's always been suspended a bunch of times. Well, have you seen some of the suspensions they hand out? Like, repeat offender. Oh, yeah. Oh, on and on. and Worked up over nothing. But, but speaking about getting worked up, of course, uh, Brandon Dubinsky hit social media and create, created quite the buzz um, with his comparison of Crosby and Ovechkin. And, of course, he called Crosby a whiner and whatever, and Ovechkin's the best goal scorer of all time. And Oh, that fired up the folks, um, you know, which at first I thought was funny until my timeline was just overrun by morons. And then it was like, okay, this isn't funny anymore. But, um, oh, just, it to be ever, he's the greatest goal scorer ever. Well, to be the greatest at something, don't you need to have the most? I don't know. Is it? Well, this era is harder. Yeah, is it, we're gonna do the era thing again. We're gonna compare that. I mean, you know, that's a pointless exercise. So, I don't know. To be the best at something, you should have the most of something. Well, he doesn't have the most goals. Last time I checked. So, all right. But okay, you want to call Ovechkin the greatest goal scorer ever? That's fine. But him and Crosby are completely different players. Um, I guess Dubinsky's issue is that Crosby whines. Okay, you know, and I mean, you've, he's out there. We're not. I think they've had a they've had a certain level of history those two anyway. So I don't know. There might be a little uh, little jaded response there, but um, nonetheless, the the amusing replies to me were the Who's Dubinsky? Brandon who? It's like, well, it's the guy that played eight hundred games and made fifty million dollars playing hockey. So I, don't, I, I think his his uh, opinion on the guys that he was actually on the ice and played against a little more valuable than uh, Igloo Fan seventy two, you know. So I mean, I know your your podcast probably gets seven listens, but um, I'm I'm probably leaning more towards Brandon Dubinsky, knowing what what's going on on the ice over your investigative journalism, you know, because oh, you watch the outdoor. You watched the outdoor mic'd up series three times, so you're in the know now. And your 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 fan blog is is cutting it. It's just right to the source, investigative journalism at its finest. Because you heard from a guy that knew a guy that worked at the rink. Yeah. <laughs> so but very good trolling by Brandon Dubinsky. I'll give him that props on that. But uh yeah. Oh, it got the folks fired up. Um, well, I was going to say, since social media always sort of, um, has been an excellent source of getting topics to, to discuss or to at least yell about, um, I will give you those right now, obviously, um, fourth line voice on Twitter, as well as fourth line voice on Facebook. If you were, uh, on those platforms, please send me a was a friend's request and a follow, I guess, but, uh, and, and as well as, um, uh, fourth line voice on YouTube, um, have over 2,500 fights on there from junior to pro any league you're looking for. Everything's, um, uh, sorted. So just a little search engine, type in OHL, WHL, East coast league, whatever. And, uh, it'll come up and I have recently put, um, I was, I don't know what I get. Was it, a, it was a best of DVD. It was a, it's one of Sandy's, Sandy Vigilante, uh, uh, best of, 
looked like it was from the early to mid eighties. And, uh, I put, I don't know, I put about 10 or 11 fights off of it up. I mean, nothing that was new that people hadn't seen before, but, um, although I always say that, I just, I, I, I always just assume everyone's seen it, but most people don't own fight DVDs. So, and YouTube is their source to find stuff. So maybe they haven't seen it. Um, but yeah, like Probert, Dave Richter, uh, Kite and Brown, when Kite drops Brown, um, Jim Kite in Winnipeg. Um, early, early on in his career, Jim Kite in Winnipeg. And the thing is, you know, this is before the center ice packages and everybody saw everything. Um, Jim Kite uh, sort of gets, you know, he's always remembered for the big coaster knockout. And of course, Brown years later, you know, doing the mounting and the grounded pound in, in Calgary. Um, you know, and he kind of gets, oh, good night, Jim Kite. And, you know, he's sort of viewed as this punching bag or whatever. But, uh, Jim Kite was a bad dude in the early 80s when he first came up with, uh, well, I guess he was with Pittsburgh and Winnipeg and stuff like that. He was a, he was a major force. Um, you know, and like I said, he took a round out of Brown a couple times and, uh, and yeah, and that was one of them. And, um, yeah, I was going to say, uh, and, and Jim Kite himself has even admitted that the, the coaster knockout really, um, really put a blemish on him and really affected him mentally. And, uh, and he was sort of never the same fighter after that, but, uh, but he's a big dude. He was always a tough fight. Um, he did, you know, he did take a few KOs over his career, but he was a wide open fighter and that happens. And, um, but yeah, legit dude. Um, put a couple of Bobby Nystrom fights are really great. George McPhee, Nevin Marquardt, the undercard, I said the, the lightweight tilt, but they were swinging. That was a great fight. And, uh, I recently just put up, uh, last night, I put up a couple Scott Parker fights. Um, actually, I'd never seen it before. It was from, it's from Phantom's game tape. Um, of course, the infamous, highly debated fight with Steve McLaren. Um, the game tape fight actually is from the opposite side of the, of the, uh, broadcast camera. So it was a different view. And, um, so that was kind of cool. Um, and of course, that's one of those heavily debated fights. The debate always being, you know, because of course, amongst fight fans, it was like, well, who won the fight? And, um, you know, Parker lands the first bomb, which basically shattered McLaren's nose and put him out in the lineup for a while. Um, but like the Terminator, McLaren didn't go down and he kept coming and, uh, he actually got the jersey over Parker's head and, you know, kind of gave him some, gave him some shots and, um, uh, it didn't put him down, like drop him or anything, but just sort of overwhelmed them. And then the refs came in and, um, you know, every, I, everyone was always quick to give McLaren the win. Cause of course he, oh, he landed the most and yeah, he did. And, and the fact he stood up is amazing. Even Parker himself has even said, he can't believe McLaren took that shot and kept coming. But it's like, well, Parker didn't miss a shift and McLaren like had to go miss weeks so I'm, 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 I always said, who would you rather be at the end of that fight? And of course the answer is always Parker. It's like, well, then didn't he win then? You know, it's like, is the point of the fight, the damage or to, la to land the most? So, I mean, it's interesting how some people will, um, call things, um, not in the grand scheme, who gives a shit in the grand scheme, but I can just, uh, for those wondering like back at, cause that fight was in, um, 98, um, right of course at the beginning of message boards and what have you so that was a hotly debated 
multi-page argument on on message boards and uh yeah it was interesting how the majority of people get i I also think there's a lot of um as there always seems to be um homerism in that as as parker for whatever reason had a lot of um heat when he first came up i think it was so it was such the hype well and there was a few characters around that were on the message boards that were hyping Parker that weren't exactly real popular folks. So I think some of the hate towards Parker was because of, uh, you know, um, sort of blowback from the other, from the posters themselves that were talking about him. But, um, I don't know. It was always, Parker was viewed as this like arrogant, cocky guy. And I'm like, I don't know. Cause in his fight, in his, in interviews, he said he wanted to be the toughest guy in the league. Like, but somehow in some people's minds that meant that he was this, cocky asshole or something i don't know i never got it because by all accounts from everybody i've talked to and you see the interviews i mean parker's like the nicest guy and so i don't know what everyone's issue like he was some asshole or something but whatever that's their that's the whatever the fuel that they had and uh but oh yeah parker was just hated and uh even even today when you see some of the posts on facebook or on twitter or whatever like i always say i've mentioned this a million times but you start talking about scott parker inevitably some fucking goof oh probert knocked him out though like okay thanks you know like just out of like you know every time and it's like okay well probert knocked out a bunch of people and beat up a bunch of people i don't know when losing to probert became like somehow these people use it like it's some big insult to scott parker that he lost to Bob Probert. It's like, oh, okay, I, I get you got me, you know, you know. Never mind the other hundred and some fights that he had in his career. Let's just talk about that one, you know. It's like whatever, you know. You ever talk about when he, you know, like dropped Grimson or Ryan Flynn or Brown or Oli Watt or any of those guys? No, it's old Probert, you know. Okay, it's like whatever. But um, I'll get into the Probert thing in a second, but. Um, yeah, so I, I, I put up a bunch of those fights. Um, yeah. And, and like I said, uh, looking at my analytics last night, um, that this March was the most, uh, other than December was my, my biggest views of, uh, since I've been following it for the, both the, um, I've had the channel for years, but really in the last like year and a half is when I've really kind of paid attention and followed the numbers and everything. And, uh, and, uh, yeah. So Mark, this last, last month was the biggest, second biggest month I've ever had. So thank you everybody for, for tuning in and checking out the fights. I know I've been going all over Facebook and throwing up, uh, clips. I mean, just the other, just yesterday, um, somebody had, had retweet. I had tweeted the fight like two years ago. Somebody retweeted it yesterday was the Mel Engelstad Link Gates uh, fight from the Colonial League where Mel kind of puts Link down at the end. Um, and I had put that up five or six years ago. I uploaded that fight to YouTube. And um, yeah, and somebody just, I don't know, just uh, retweeted it and it reminded me of the fight because, I, like I said, 2,500 videos. You Shit gets lost on you, uh, what's out there. Anyway, so I put the... Uh, I basically uh, put it up on Facebook uh, yesterday in the in the eh, about ten in the morning. The on the different groups, the Enforcer Group Appreciation Group, um, my page, as well as Hockey Fights and Brawls. 
I believe that's what it's called. It's got like a million members. And um, yeah, over over the course of, well, less than 24 hours. Well, or 24 hours because I went and checked it this morning. Um, yeah, it had like 700 more views. So yeah, it's um, um, Facebook has been a real big... Um, I should have, yes, Alec, I know, I should have listened to you a long time ago. Alec kept bugging me, and well, and my wife too. Um, to be completely honest, um, I hate Facebook. Um, I have a private Facebook account. I mean, I think half the world does. But I haven't, um, it's been dormant for years. I mean, I'd go and read the news feed, and like I said, within a minute I'd be pissed off, and I'd be like questioning why I'm friends with some of these people, and and it was just like, Twitter was enough. I have enough of Twitter idiocy. It's like, I don't need, though. I think I always found Facebook worse though, because these were your friends, right? And it's like with, with Twitter, it was just some anonymous goof. You didn't give a shit. But when, when it's Facebook and it's someone like you've known for 20 years posting stupid shit, it was just like, uh, it was just so disheartening. So I just basically stopped reading Facebook. And so that's why I was really hesitant to get on there with the, with the show, with a show page, but, um, finally did. And, and, you know, and, and cause basically this is, uh, oh, I've said this number of times. I mean, it's, uh, I, I think, why, why am I wearing headphones? I'm the only one here. Um, <clears throat> yeah, basically it was just, uh, it's, it's a form of advertising, right? It's my billboard social media. Um, as much, and as much as I loathe social media at times, um, if you're going to have a podcast, you need social media. Um, well, cause how else are you going to advertise? Right. So, yeah, so it's a sort of a necessary evil of the game. And, um, and I, I say it like I, I don't, oh, I, how do I put this? I, it's like anything in life, I guess there's, there's pluses and minuses to it. Um, there's a lot of people I enjoy on social media. And, uh, and enjoy interacting with and, and sharing the pictures and the videos and, and, uh, well, and my, my, uh, podcast itself. I mean, that's where, um, all my guests come from. Like I said before, I don't have the, the Rolodex of a Terry Ryan or an NHL guy or, or a minor league guy. I don't, you know, so I need social media to connect with these guys. And, um, so it, like I said, it's a necessary evil, but, um, but there's just so much. So, there's just so much. And like, I, I, I laugh and joke, like I said, that it, it gives me content for days. Um, you know, me yelling at these people. Um, you know, but at the same time, it, it, it becomes really, there are some days I can, I, I can handle it better than others. Some days I just like, okay, I can't. I mean, not that I lie awake in bed that some, that fucking some guy disagreed with me on my post or, posted something stupid because I mean you'd never sleep again and you you know you'd stick your head in the oven but I mean so no I'm not like for the sake of this exercise I'm saying this but I'm not leg- social media does not uh, um, shape my mood whatsoever I mean <clears throat> if social media is creating that much of a burden to you uh, my suggestion would be to log off you know um now, not to say I don't read shit and get annoyed. I do. I mean, like anybody would. I mean, I, I'm upset that there's this many stupid people in the world. That upsets me. Um, you know, but um, I, 
that stuff bothers me far more than some guy that thinks that uh, Steve McLaren beat Scott Parker. I mean, you know, I, I don't have my head that far up, up my own ass. It's up there, but it's not that far up my ass. I mean, I can, uh, I, I know the difference between, uh, world issues and stupid fanboy fight things. I mean, obviously, I, I don't, uh, you know, and when I rant and rave at the stupidity of people on, you know, yeah, they irritate me because they're dumb, but, you know, I, like I said, I don't lie awake at night thinking about, I'm gonna, I, I need to convert these people. Like, you know, like arguing on social media is pointless because the other person is not, you're not going to change anyone's mind. Like, even with this podcast, like me yelling, yelling out the window, I, I'm pretty sure people listening aren't going to, oh, you know what? I really see his point. I changed my mind. No, there's probably a bunch of people yelling back at their dashboard calling me a stupid bastard. You know, whatever, that's fine. Um, just like I'm yelling into my microphone at what the stupid bastards they are. But, um, but yeah, I, I, it's just, you know, that's social media, I guess. What are you going to do? But I will say I've overall, um, I'm very glad that I took Alex's advice and created the show page and I'm on Facebook in the Enforcer Appreciation Group, the Hockey Brawls page. Although I will say with that Hockey Brawls page, I was going to post one time, do any of you guys actually like fighting in hockey? Because, like, every post I read, it's just somebody bitching about it. I don't know. It's just kind of odd. I'm like, you're in a hockey brawl page, and you're complaining about fighting constantly. But, anyway. Um, one of the pages I did go to... Well, okay, first I'll start... The other, it was a week or two ago, um, yeah, going through that uh, DVD I was talking about, there was a, a confrontation between Probert and John Cordick at Joe Louis Arena. Um, and I don't think I'd ever seen it before. If I had seen it, I didn't remember it. Um, basically, they square off. Um, Probert looks very aggressive. Like, Probert's the one that's coming forward. Cordick's, like, they got their gloves off and everything. Cordick's got his gloves, or his backpedal, I don't want to say he's backpedaling like he's trying to get out of the fight, but he's trying to obviously get position. But Probert, visually Probert looks like the aggressor. And they square off for about, it seems like forever, but it's probably 10 seconds. And then right when they, for whatever reason, especially, like if it was a modern day 2021, I wouldn't be surprised, but... For 1987 or 88, whenever the hell it was, 88, um, it was very odd. All of a sudden, like, the refs jumped in, especially with those two. And, I mean, they're kind of throwing punches over the refs or whatever, but, and, and you could see them both, like, Probert yelling at the ref, like, what the fuck are you doing? You know, and, uh, yeah, and not, nothing happened. And it was just kind of like, oh, you know, because <laughs> I would have loved to have seen that fight. That would have been great. Um but yeah, so nothing, yeah, uh, whatever, nothing really happened. And Kordak and Probert never did have the big fight. So, which was odd, because you kind of think like, oh, right out of the penalty box they'll fight. But, you know, whatever. But I mean, you know, it's like, you, you often see like why people like, well, why didn't they ever fight and blah, blah, blah. Well, they're, they're not just out there to fight because, 
oh, I gotta, I gotta have this guy's name on my fight card because in 23 years, someone on the internet's gonna question why I never fought them. Like recently, it's always been the Rob Ray never fought Probert because he was scared. Oh yeah, you always get that idiot. And I'm getting there. There's a point to this. Although it's really weird. It like no one has ever seen it. There's no record of it. But Ray insists that he fought Bob Probert. I mean, I know OHL box scores and stuff are kind of sketchy, but, um, I mean, I'm not calling Rob Ray a liar. Why would he say he fought him if he never fought him? It was just, it's just really odd that Ray claims to have fought him and, like, no one has ever seen this and there's no, there's no, it's not on his fight card. So I, like, off the top of my head, I can't remember where he's, I, I want to say he's saying it's in the NHL preseason. I don't think it was in the OHL. I think it was in the NHL preseason. I think that's what Ray said. I'd have to go back. There's Ray people, Ray Rob Ray fans out there that'll know. I think it was in his book he talked about it. Was it his book? I believe. Someone'll whatever, but yeah, it uh yeah, for whatever reason they they never fought in the NHL, we'll put it that way, that that anyone saw. In the regular season, okay, that's what I'll say. In the regular season they never fought. And everybody you know, and the same thing with uh Oh, I'm, whatever. There's lots. There's lots of guys you can probably go through that. I mean, Ojik never fought Probert, and you know, whatever. I mean, so for whatever reason, they just, you know, the game didn't dictate at the time. Maybe a guy was hurt. Maybe a guy was suspended. They didn't play each other all the time. You know, whatever. There's lots of reasons why. But of course, the Homer fan will always say, "Well, because that guy was scared." It's never Probert was. It's always whoever the other guy was. It's like okay. So, like, with, so I put up the Cordic fight. It got a lot of views and a lot of comments and whatever. And of course, there's always some pinhead. Oh, Cordic was petrified. Like, really? Really? Like, these fucking Probert fanboys are just delusional idiots. Like, hey, I, Probert's my favorite enforcer as well. But let's get some object, like, let's be, Objective is it objectivity is the word I'm looking for, you know, like just get well get a fucking clue like I so I looked it up before the incident that I had posted at Joe Lewis, John Cordick had including Junior and Minor had 143 roughly fights that I counted, Poshek, Baruby, Wendell, Churla, Jay Miller, Kevin McClellan, McCray, Shoebottom, Val James, Tim Hunter. Daryl Stanley, Karkner, Bob McGill, Cochran, Gord Donnelly, Lyndon Byers, and a bunch of these guys multiple times before this run-in with Probert. But yet you're going to sit there and say Cordick was petrified to fight Probert. Give your fucking head a shake. Give it a rest. Like, oh my, oh, Cordick was scared. Why, why would he be scared? Seriously. Like, these fucking guys in this holy Probert was just... You know, and then somebody was talking about the other day with total ice time and goals. And of course, you always got to include Reeves. And all the factor putting Reeves in the same sentence is blasphemy. Yeah, Probert would end Reeves. Like, oh, fuck. Like, get your fucking lips off Probert's ass, please. Oh, all these 80s guys would end them. What are you talking about? Like, like I said, I've said in a previous episode. People yell at me to say I'm the old man yelling at clouds and clinging to the past. Holy shit. 
Some of you per- live there permanently. Like, get a clue. Reeves is 6'2", 230, and jacked, and has taken tra- boxing training and MMA training. Do you really think the 80s guys would end him? Holy shit, are you fucking clueless. And I'm not, like, this comparing eras and all this horse shit, like, whatever. But I mean, and I'm not saying Reeves, oh, if he went back now, he'd kill everyone. I'm not saying that. But you really think Ryan Reeves couldn't hang with Bob Probert? Like, what What are you talking about? Like, again, get a clue. Like, yeah, Probert's the best. No one's saying he's not. Other players, other tough guys have said Probert's the best. You know, whatever. It's okay. No one's taking the title from him, this imaginary title. But you've built this up so much in your mind. It's just like, holy shit. Do you think Probert won every fight he was ever in? What happened with Chikrin, Tamer, Barubi? He never beat Twist. He never beat Langdon. Never beat Sandy McCarthy. McCarthy handled him a bunch of times. Like I saw, oh, Sandra, Sandra. Somebody was saying that the other day. Probert didn't beat him. Had to headbutt him. You know, oh, I don't like Reeves because he's cocky and hits people when they're down. And, you know, he doesn't respect the code like Probert did. Oh, yeah, I guess you missed the knee lift, the headbutts, the running of the goalies. You missed those parts with Probert, though. Classy. Like, you fucking delusional idiots. And again, I'm the massive Probert fan. I'm sitting here staring right at an autograph card of him right on my, right on my uh, computer desk here. He's my all-time favorite. But I also don't have my fucking head up his ass. Like, he had flaws. He lost fights. It's okay. But some of you are just, like, reading that fucking, that group was, I I was embarrassed for you guys. Not all of them. But some of them are just, like, like the one guy wanted, like, the guy that was comparing Reeves and Probert, the other guy wanted him banned from the group for talking stupid. No, you know who's talking stupid? Holy shit. Probert himself would be embarrassed by you. And this fact, and this, this fucking myth that he was some honorable code fighter. Are you hot? Oh, cause he didn't showboat after. No, he just headbutted the shit out of you. That's all, or knee lifted you. I, I didn't have a problem with any of it, but holy shit, calm down on the, you know, Probert was squeaky clean. Like, Jesus. And he lost plenty. It's okay. Everyone does. Everyone still recognizes him. You know. But this delusion that these these guys nowadays that are, you know, in have about 4% body fat or MMA trained can skate and they're 240 pounds. And you, these idiots on these Facebook groups, well, they couldn't hang in the 80s. Oh, oh yeah. Oh yeah, Brian Kernel. He's just gonna, Brian Kernel's just gonna throw Reeves around, is he? Like, okay. Like, oh yeah. Holy shit. Yeah. Oh, Alan May. Yeah, he'd just dominate Tom Wilson. Bakota would just manhandle Ross Johnston. Like, do you hear yourselves? Give it a rest. Like, oh my god. And I, I can't believe I have to be the one to say this. Like I keep saying, it was even with the last couple of weeks with the Gabriel thing. I said, you assholes are making me defend all these new age guys. But have some perspective. Like, oh my god. Give these guys a little bit of credit, please. You know, like the other night I was watching Brett Gallant fights. And you were the same pinheads that would say he couldn't hang in the 80s and the 90s. 
Are you serious? Oh, unbelievable. Well, and then the, and then I put a picture of, uh, uh, Don Cherry up with Brian McGratton. And of course, some guy, some guy wanted to know, was younger guy typed in, was Don Cherry an enforcer when he played? And then some other guy goes, no, not really. He was just a rat. Look at his PIM totals. They're so low. Blah. Okay. Well, first of all, how do you know? What do you got the bot? You got video? Like, what are you talking about? Yeah, he fought. Cherry fought. There's stories of him fighting. Other players have talked about him fighting. Yeah, he was a tough sandpaper defenseman. But they didn't fight 30 times a year like they did in the 80s and 90s. This is the fifty. This is the fifties and the early sixties. There was no enforcer back then, like how you know it in the term. You always say the first enforcer was Ferguson, and that was in the sixties. Now there were guys that fought. Jerry fought, but they didn't fight twenty, twenty-five, thirty times a year. That wasn't. They didn't do that. It was a lot dirtier, like a lot more stick work for sure. There were stick fights and a lot of that stuff, but the actual fighting, no. That didn't really come in until the 70s. I mean, they always fought. Guys dropped their gloves and fight. But the whole enforcer thing and ex- whatever you want to call it, up, up fight totals, kind of was really a 70s thing. So so for this guy to go, oh, Cherry, he was like Marchant or whatever is. What are you talking about? Like, no. And then, oh, when he was coaching, he was like, well, yeah, I was... The players, he had great players playing for him. They always had their worst seasons when Don was coaching. So I'm like, I don't know if Cherry just didn't sign this guy's lunchbox once or something. Like, I like I get it, you don't like Don Cherry. That's fine. But again, go back and look at his coaching resume. He goes to the Bruins. The first year, he gets eliminated in the first round. The next year is the third round. Then back-to-back finals losses. A third round again, and then he's fired by Sinden because he can't get along with him. And then he takes the, the, and then he does the expansion thing with the Rockies for a season. And of course, they're back before the Knights type expansion. I mean, they were the genuinely the shits and he had a bad year and they didn't make the playoffs. But he has a 600 winning percentage as a coach. And you're, oh, he wasn't that good. Yeah, the other players didn't play. Well, they couldn't have played that bad for him. They made it the third round twice, the finals twice. What are you talking, again, what are you talking about? Uh, you sound like an idiot. Like you, like I said, you can hate Don Cherry all you want. But you can't say he was a lousy coach. He wasn't. The, for the very fact that the, the numbers don't, I, two third rounds and two finals, and you're calling him shitty? Like, what do you, what? Like, just stop. Like, just say you don't, just don't say anything. That's the biggest thing. I mean, I know it's a message form and it's all about opinion and talk and whatever, but some of you just, you don't need to reply to everything. You don't need to talk all the time. And he's just arguing with me. And I'm like, I don't know what you're arguing about. The facts. Like, what's the fame? Like, what do you... Facts don't care about your feelings? It's, yeah, it's right there in black and white. A 600 winning percentage. So clearly guys weren't having bad seasons with him. But, okay, you hate Jerry. Whatever, that's fine. And And it was documented that he was a tough defenseman that would fight. And was dirty. Yeah, he was dirty, but he was a physical and he was a fighter. It's been documented. So again, I don't know what you're gonna, what you're arguing about. You're just arguing to argue at this point. It's the same thing with these people that go on and on about how Gordy Howe was this, just this awesome fighter that fought all the time. 
He literally, look up the stats, he averaged one fight a year. But you guys talk like, holy shit, he was the scourge of the league and he fought everyone and murdered everybody and destroyed people. Lou Fontenotto, that's again, it's, you hang your hat on the Lou Fontenotto. Like I put the one guy, fiction can be fun. Well, we sent Fontenotto, he's in the hospital. Well, he broke his nose. Like, okay, like there's been a million guys that break their nose in the fights. Did you see Gordy after? Black eyes and stitch. It wasn't like he unscathed. Again, if you go back and re- do any research whatsoever, Fontenotto was given as good as he was getting. But of course, over time, the myth has taken over that Gordy Howell, who stepped over mountains in a single bound and pummeled the, the owner of all man. And again, I'm not knocking Gordy Howell. Yeah, he's, if you want, he's one of the best player ever with Gret, whatever, Gretzky or Howe. Okay. He's in the conversation, but calm down with the. He, oh, he's, oh, he's the, he was the best fighter of all time and people scared of him. And, oh, God. I just told you they didn't fight really back then. Now and again. And I, I think what's it? He had 20 fights in his career. He's assessed 20 fighting majors in his NHL career, which was what, 110 seasons? Literally averaged a fight a year. But holy shit, some of these old timers talk like he, he laid waste to have teams. Like, oh, well, when he was in the WHA, oh, well, he was 50. Who's going to fight a 50-year-old in the WHA? Like, really? Like, calm down. Jesus. He was dirty with his elbows. Which, again, is fine, whatever. Hockey was like that back then. But calm down on the fighting prowess of Gordie Howe. Like, holy shit. Like I said, some of these people just delusional. Like, do some research. And, I mean, all you have to do is, like, just go down the Probert YouTube hole and you'll see him losing fights you know there's no shame in that but I mean I swear some of you think he never no one ever landed a punch on him or something like somebody had a picture of Domi like the infamous Domi Probert fight and Domi's left hand's coming and said oh look at Probert's gonna catch a left the guy replied I don't think so what yeah he did busted him open Probert was bleeding after. Where do you think he got that from? Like, Jesus. Like, ugh. Anyway, enough of that. But, like, if any of you delusional Probert fans are listening, like, dial it back 20%. Holy shit. Oh, but before I get off that, you want a little Probert? Do you know who the last person, who was the last person Bob Probert ever fought? Like, think about it for a sec. Brad Norton in Florida was... Bob Probert's last career fight. There you go. A little trivia for you. Use that one at the bar. Well, before we get out of here, of course, we always do the player spotlight. Uh, you know, where I tell you to kind of check out some fights of maybe an, an under-the-radar guy or what have you. And, of course, we've had, you know, uh, Tanner Lasan and Garrett Hunt and Terry Ryan and Reed Simpson. and You know, um, but today, well, first of all, I want, I'll, I'll make him the player spotlight, but I want to give a shout-out. Uh, to Dakota Odgers, of course, the son of uh, legendary NHL enforcer Jeff Odgers. Um, Dakota was, I believe he was guest number two I've ever, well, it's all changed up because of the whole new format. But initially, my original podcast at fourthlinevoice.com, um, my very first guest was Josh Mazur, and then Dakota Odgers was my second. 
And everybody always laughed about the interview because it was done in a tractor out on the Audrey's family farm. Dakota was uh, in the in the tractor doing the interview, and uh, everybody got a big kick out of that. Um, and it was a really good interview. And actually, I'm going to get a hold of Dakota uh, and get him back on the show. Um, and of course, Dakota played in uh, Junior A with the uh, Yorkton Terriers, and then uh, he went on and played in the Western Hockey League with Swift Current. Uh, the Vancouver Giants and the Moose Jaw Warriors. And uh, wore 36, fought like the old man, ne- never threw a left. They all just straight rights and, uh, you know, a lot of similarities. And uh, definitely go and check out Dakota Odgers. There's a lot of his fights up on YouTube. Check him out. Um, but Dakota, uh, to, and then after his uh, junior career was done, he went on to Carleton College, uh, Carleton University, and he was playing uh, college hockey. Uh, for a couple years, and uh, unfortunately, of course, with COVID, um, the uh, the season was canceled, and uh, Dakota took the time, uh, or took the opportunity at that point, uh, to get his shoulder uh, redone, and uh, which um, I believe that's about the third time now, and and uh, and basically, it's it, um, you know, he I think he had thoughts of of going playing uh, pro hockey after he had graduated, but I think that's kind of been you know, uh, been put to rest now with this last shoulder. I don't want to speak for him. I'm, I'm just, I, that was the vibe I got from a video that I saw. So, um, like I said, I'll have him on and we'll talk about it. But, um, uh, you know, as he goes on and with his life in this next, in the second stage of his life, you're no longer the hockey player. You're the college graduate and the, and the farmer. And, uh, and I, is it's an agriculture studies. I know is his degree is going to be in. So obviously it'll be, I would assume it'll be in that field. Um, you know, and I want to wish, uh, I know he listens to the show, maybe not every episode, but I know he has listened to some. Um, I, I want to wish, uh, Dakota good luck with this next, uh, step into, uh, the next phase of his life. And, uh, you know, and you have goals and achievements to accomplish in that, in your, in your, uh, your adult work life. And, uh, I wish you nothing but the best. And, and, and the Audrey's family, Dakota, um, and Jeff, I've had them both on the show, talk to them both privately. Uh, classy individuals. I've been, I've enjoyed my interactions with them. And, um, yeah. So Dakota, if you're listening, congratulations on an outstanding hockey career. And, uh, you gave her shit every time, uh, every time you stepped on the ice and, uh, as a, as a fight fan and, uh, you know, and of course, someone that appreciates the aggressive side of hockey, as the, everyone that listens to my show does, um, I'm sure. You know, we, we will. You, everyone could agree that uh, we appreciate the effort that you put forth all the time, and uh, you know, in the and playing the role of sticking up for your teammates, and uh, and 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 everything that goes along with it, and uh, you know, much like your dad, you know, we're that's why everyone. I mean, you know, you go around social media and. And everybody talks. Oh, I didn't like that guy. This guy. This guy's my favorite. I didn't like that. Whatever. I've I've never seen anyone ever say anything bad about Jeff Hodgers. So I don't know how you could. I mean, you know, put it on the ice every night and bled for the logo. And uh, yeah, I mean, you know, as a as a well, just not even a fight fan. As a hockey fan, I don't know how anybody could could uh, you know say anything uh, negative towards that towards that type of player. So. Uh, but yes, so the Audrey's family, great people. Dakota, again, congratulations and uh, good luck to you going forward. And I'm definitely, hopefully you'll come back on the show. And uh, 
So with that, guys, that'll be the player spotlight and uh, wishing Dakota Audrey's well in, into his next phase. So, uh, but definitely check him out. Um, I know a lot of his fights are up on YouTube. And you know, uh, seriously, go check it. It's like we can do uh, what do you side by side, and there'll be a lot of uh, similarities. But uh, yeah, guys, that will be about it. Uh, this has been weird. I've actually done this episode in like three spot, three parts. I keep getting uh, uh, pulled away from it. But uh, so if it's like if you're listening to it, it sounds sort of disjointed and all over the place it's because i've recorded through i had to go back for a few minutes on each i'm like okay what was i talking about oh that okay so yeah so if it's sort of i apologize if it's sort of all just normally i do it all at once but this one's been a little we have a few things going on here like i said we're uh planning on putting up our condo here to to sell here in the next month or two so uh right now we're doing some patchwork and some uh we're gonna uh, well, the wife took this opportunity because he didn't want to listen to me talk. So she went out and bought, she's, she's out at the Rona buying deck paint right now and, uh, and some wine for tomorrow for the Easter supper. But, um, I, I missed the opportunity to go to the liquor store. I might have to go back later. Um, but, uh, yeah, so we're going to be doing some touching up and, and, uh, we don't want to do too much. Uh, you know, not that our place needs that much work. We need a little bit, but. Yeah, it's going to be, uh, guys, coming up here in the next little while, uh, probably more uh, May-June-ish. Um, we're, you know, we're going to be putting it up for sale. Hopefully it doesn't stay on the market for very long. It shouldn't, I don't think. And uh, and, and we've kind of got a, a, a deal set up for a house uh, out in Martinsville, and um, which is just a, basically a suburb of Saskatoon. And, uh, yeah, it's a lady I work with, and hopefully that works out because um, they want to it's just a good opportunity. We want to get into a house. They're trying to get out of the house because they want to retire and move out to the lake permanently. And uh, and it's good because they're like kind of uh, contractors on the side. So they're, the house is fairly new. All, everything's been done to it. So we pretty much don't even have to turn a screw when we move in, which is music to my ears because I am certainly not, uh, you know, Bob Vila or anything. I mean, you know. I, I, you know, I can use a drill a little bit, but not, you know, you don't want me doing any renos in your place. We'll put it that way. I can hang a picture. That's about it. But, uh, and paint some stuff. But, uh, yeah, I'm not a handy dude by any means. So, um, yeah. So the fact that this house is everything's done on it and stuff, it's kind of really appealing to us as well. And, uh, yeah. And actually we're going to have a lot of, it's, it's, it's a pretty fairly large house and we're going to have a lot of room. So it's just my wife and I, so, and, Somebody's that's, that's a lot of house. Oh, believe me, we'll be able to freaking fill it. Trust me. But I'm kind of, I'm really looking forward to hopefully having a, my own kind of podcast slash nerd room where I can get all my stuff out and and uh, that'll be that'll be the first time I've ever been able to do that. I mean, I've, we've either been in an apartment or in a condo, so a lot of my stuff hasn't seen the light of day since I, I packed it away all those years ago. You know, some would say that's probably my wife included would probably say it's a good thing. But, um, no, I have some, well, there's probably a bunch of shit I forgot I even had. So I'm really actually looking forward to moving and getting everything out and kind of going through all that stuff. And, um, anyway, yeah, so it's kind of some exciting times coming up here in the spring and, uh, early summer. And, uh, but at the same time, a lot, yeah, everybody knows everybody's moved, right? So, you know what, and we've been here 13 years, so you can imagine the shit that we've collected over 13 years, um, even just cleaning up trying to start cleaning up this back room here has been 
you know, I, I get into it, and about 20 minutes later, I'm distracted looking at old game programs that I found, or hockey cards, and like I said, the wife comes in and says, you know, we'll be moving in 2025 by the way we're going. So, yeah, it's going to be nose down and just basically toss everything in Rubbermaid tubs and boxes and, and get it out the door. So, um, the reason I'm just blabbling about all this is, uh, uh, I don't know, I always try to do a Wednesday-Sunday show, um, Going forward, I'm probably going to be missing a week or two just because we're going to be in the middle of a move and between places. And to be completely honest, a, a podcast is going to be the last thing on my mind. So, um, again, that's not going to be like tomorrow or anything. But, you know, within a month or two, that's going to be, there's going to be a lot of stuff happening, a lot of changes for a little while. And uh, just, uh, I know that I'm, I'm very honored and. Uh, I'm not trying to sound in an arrogant way, but I know there's a, a bunch of longtime listeners that listen to everything I put out, and I can't thank you. You guys are awesome, and thank you for all the, the I was going to say cards and letters. That's not, you know, but, you know, I'll, I'll get tweets or private messages or whatever, and uh, I appreciate every one of those that lets, lets me know that you guys are listening. That's really cool. And, um, yeah, so guys, I'm just gonna, you know, so no, I'm just gonna, no one's leaving or quitting or anything. Um, if you, if it's like, oh, it's Sunday, where's this episode? Wednesday, you didn't come out with anything. Um, that's why, cause basically we're moving and, and packing and I mean, I got jobs and a, and, and a wife I have to talk to now and again too. So, um, I, I can't be full. I don't know in the summer if I'll be fully, fully committed until we've moved into the house and ever, once I get the house set up and everything else, it'll be, business as usual, and, uh, you know, but, uh, yeah, there's gonna be, there's gonna be a few, uh, few speed bumps along the way this, in the next couple months, but, uh, anyway, enough of that, first world problems, right, so, um, but that's just what's going on here, but, uh, anyway, guys, um, yeah, I'm not, again, I haven't talked to any, I haven't interviewed anybody, so I don't know what Wednesday's show is gonna be, um, but, uh, I have a few irons in the fire, I actually have a guy set up to interview on Wednesday, Wednesday or Thursday. We haven't decided which day yet, and uh, I'm really looking forward to that interview. Um, we've tried for no fault of his. It's not like he's been ditching me or anything. We just, uh, you know, we haven't uh, set up a time, and uh, we haven't con- made anything concrete yet. But he's, I know he's really looking forward to it. I've talked to him about it a, a, a bunch of topics. Um, Everybody will know who he is. I know UK fans, you'll really dig. I'm not going to call out any names in case whatever it doesn't happen, but we'll put it that fight fans in general will be digging it, but UK fans, you'll really dig it. So, and he's really looking forward to it. And I actually don't know if he's done a podcast. I'm not sure. So that'll be really cool. Um, I just sent a message out to uh, a former NHL tough guy, and he got back to me right away. And uh, he is up north right now, but he said when he gets back, he'll be more than happy to do it. And uh, I know he's, my friends have talked to him a few times and, and he's really outgoing and, and likes to tell stories. So really looking forward to that. And uh, yeah, I'm bringing you guys some good stuff uh, coming up here. So always trying anyway. But uh, anyway, guys, I'll shut up and let's get on with, uh, get on with things. But uh, I want to wish everybody a happy Easter. And uh, yeah, I will talk to you guys Wednesday. Thanks, everybody. And you people that don't like fighting, how many of you did you walk out and get a coffee while that was 